Jennifer Zane. Yes, Jacqueline Lopez. Give me three words to describe retrospect. Captain, permission to use four words? Um, permission granted. Hashtag me too. Kinda? <laughs> this is seven of one. <laughs> We made it. We made it. We one, didn't make the episode, but we made it with this episode. Yeah, one year closer to the year that Voyager actually takes place. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there. I'm so excited. Um, my name is Jacqueline Lopez. I'm here with the lovely Jennifer Zhang. I'm and all this, right. of course, you're awesome. Oh, I love you. You I love you. Hashtag pregame. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> seven of wine, FYI. Uh, we review bottles of wine and episodes of Star Trek Voyager at the same time. And this time, we're reviewing a retrospect. Do you want to give us a brief synopsis on the episode, Jennifer? Sure do. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> Following an uneasy trade negotiation with Anne and Tharin, named yep. Coven, <laughs> Seven of Nine starts to recover memories of being violated by him. <gasps> Whatever does that mean? I don't know. Captain Janeway, who was conducting the trade negotiation, is now faced with the unpleasant task of determining if Seven's account is fact or fiction. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Meddling. Meddling ensues. And since you picked the episode, Jen, what kind of wine did you pick? Well, um, the violation that is in question here when it comes to this is that uh, Seven of Nine believes that some of her nano... Her, um, Nanoprobes. Yeah, nanoprobes, yeah. like whatever, yeah. They're, no, they're called nanoprobes? I think, aren't they been... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we're so good at this. Jesus Christ, it's been a while, guys. We're <laughs> a little rusty. Um, she believes that her uh, Borg technology has been stolen, like she was somehow incapacitated and then stolen. So um, the wine is Chop Shop. The wine is Chop Shop. It's a 2016 Cabernet from California, which is aptly... Purchased. Um, it is by. It says superior grade. That's all that matters. Um, on the back side, it does say superior grade cab for prime cuts. Ooh, and that's all it says. And um, it, you know what else it should say, Jen? It's delicious. It's so good. It's freakishly good. Yeah, I'm like obsessed with it, and it, in a good way. It has like leather. It has like like little little notes of leather. Is that crazy for me to say? No, not at all. Actually, yeah. It's There's got- actually on the spectrum of of smells and stuff. You can actually smell cat piss in white wine, and that's viable. And I'm like, what's well, wrong with you? Yeah, because somewhere out there, there's someone who like walks into like a litter box and goes, Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> Logged that flavor profile. Mm, got mm. it. Um, so you're saying leather on the tongue or like leather smell? Leather on the tongue. Um, mm. let me lick my couch and I'll get, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I get it. And I get, you know what it is? I feel like it's that, you know, when like that deep berry taste gets like super deep and then you're like, what cannot compute? Mm -hmm. I think that's what turns into that leather for me. Ah, I see. Yeah. But I think what it's not like, 
clearly, if you're not a meat eater, you can still enjoy this wine. But I get the, because it's so it it's such a rich, yeah, full bodied, um, full bodied wine. Yeah, that it allows like something like a meat meal it complements yeah. it in that way good on you it's yummy it's like licking a cowboy's ass nope not we're done now that's not at all let's get into this 2019 episode. <laughs> same old jen oh my gosh but Sorry. we don't want you any other way oh we want if i had to steal anyone's nanoprobes i'd steal yours thank you you're welcome <laughs> and that's a compliment on this side of the galaxy oh Anyway, so let's start this episode. And this episode starts with a little a bartering, shall we say. Some trade negotiations mm-hmm. between Kate Mulgrew, the best captain in the world, and Coven, this weird nose guy. Yeah. Um, and he's a bit of a chode. He's a total chode. Um, he's trying to sell Voyager, like, uh, basically ballistics that are, are pretty powerful and can, like, you know, completely disintegrate things. And they're... They're doing like a, he's doing a demonstration of the firepower and uh, I forget what it is that they tested on, but they completely obliterate something that they've like launched out into space. Right. And Jane and we standing there looking at the results and you could just see it in her face. She's just like, I want it. <laughs> so true. And what I love about it is just the looks, the side look she has to Chakotay and he's just like, calm down, wife. Yeah. Calm down. What are you doing? I get it. You want the bang bang. And he, you know? he like, he definitely like sells them on the idea that it, you know, it has like superior breach power, you know, it's superior grade ballistics. Mm. It's, it's superior grade. It's uh, very good. And I, I feel like what's, what's really excellent about Voyager is the fact that the, the captain is a woman and a very necessary part of her, her captainage is offense. Yeah. Like she, she needs to, she, they can't dick around. They're, in unfamiliar territory, they don't know the enemy, right? And of all the captains of any Star Trek series, she has to one that she has to be the one that's the most like, like fucking survivalist. Yeah, on, you know, on the offensive. You're so you're so right. You know, we're at a point in this in this show, right, where mm-hmm. we understand the diplomacy and we understand that she can play that card. Mm-hmm. But she's also, you know, again, we keep harping on this. But there's no fleet that she no. can just beep, boop, boop. No, nah, she's got to blast her way home. She's got to blast her way home. She's Sometimes got to, you got to blast your way home. And this guy's got a gun that can do it, you know? He has a gut of justice yeah. that's going to blast through your truth. Shit. She actually says it. She says something like, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely trying very hard to be blustery with each other. But at some point, like, he's overselling it. And she just goes like, yeah, I, I want We're this. getting it. Yeah. Here's what you're going to get for it. Seven, you know, let's, you know, go with him to make sure all of this stuff can be uh, integrated into our systems. And she's already uneasy. Well, she's uneasy, but also like we and and again, because we jump around on on our podcast, we also have to, you know, um, acknowledge that Seven hasn't been the motley, like hasn't been the happiest crew member. No, she's actually just coming off of like a fresh offense like uh, or offense, I should say. Yeah. Like Janeway's, she's in, she's on Janeway's uh, shit list right now. She's on the shit list, but you know, Mama Janeway's like, you're, it, it's a poo list when it comes to Seven. Yeah. Because she's yeah. like, she needs to learn humanity. You know what? Seven learning humanity is Jacqueline in the think about what your actions are corner <laughs> growing up. Let's just put that that way. Yeah. So... Anyway, so she sends Seven, and Chakotay's like, are you sure this is a good idea? And she goes, yes, it is. Take off your shirt. But he's not wearing one. 
So cut two, right? I like when the actual episode <laughs> blurs with Jackie's <laughs> fantasies. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I saw that. I saw yeah. it. And there was a commercial break. And our audience is immediately firing up Netflix. I'm <laughs> going, where's this? Where's the time code? Where's the time code this happened? I am, I don't know. You have to have Jacqueline's special Netflix. And you will find the truth. Um, so Seven's down there with Bellana. Mm-hmm. So this guy is like, you don't know what you're doing yeah. to a fucking Borg. And I'm yeah. just sitting there like, clown, yeah. stop being a dick. Yeah, she, she's definitely, so she's at the console, you know, tapping away at it. And he's very much over her shoulder, criticized, like micromanaging. Yeah. And not in, a, not in a way that's very diplomatic at all, which he's already demonstrated how uh, ham-handed he is. But he, he says like, no, no, no. Why are you doing it this way? Like he, he literally mansplains her job to her. Legit. Very, um, yeah. And, and when she won't, you know, when she doesn't let him near the console, he manhandles her. He does. He goes, you're doing it wrong. And she goes, no, I'm not. I'm finding a cut, you know, I'm finding an easier way to do it. And so Coven reaches grab seven and seven, uh, gives him a little slap. Hiya. A little hiya. It's, it's more than a slap. She punches his nose. Yeah, she breaks she, his weird nose. She does like an upward palm strike. Yep. And that <laughs> is really the scientific funny. term. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you gotta love, you gotta love the fighting. So funny. In Star Trek. The fighting in Star Trek is the best thing ever. Um, and so, yeah, gives a palm strike. Milana's mm-hmm. just like, what? <laughs> she loves it. She's loving she it. She loves it. Oh my God. Even I was like. <laughs> Roxanne's face is money in this. And so, and this guy goes down. His nose is bleeding. He's like, what's going on? Yeah. And uh, so now all of a sudden, uh, Jamie needs a, a little explanation as yeah. to what the fuck just went down. He has to report to the sick bay where the doctor's patching him up. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is being, as you as you so aptly called him, a chode. He's totally um, being a chode. He's whining about his measly little nose injury, whatever. They have like shit now in the future that could fix it in like, seconds flat yeah but um but his account of it is that oh you know that crazy woman of yours like she hit me and she attacked me for nothing um and balana <laughs> is so good <laughs> she's just like yeah so i mean he was being a dick mm-hmm. and she punched him i failed to see the problem here <laughs> like she's just She's not condoning the behavior, no. but she's not not condoning the yeah, behavior. Yeah, the, uh, the Klingon parts of her are pretty lit up right now. It's just, she has ding, this ding, smirk ding. that's just awesome. And you're like, you know, she's like, you know, Bellana's the popcorn Michael Jackson thriller <laughs> meme. Like, she's <laughs> totally there, just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I liked the acting choice by Roxanne. Absolutely. Here. I mean, at this point in the, his, in the um, history of the show, I mean, in the, the canon of the show, um... Bellana and Seven are not quite getting along. No, right? not at all. But, but Seven has definitely earned some points with Bellana in this moment. So anyway, so now uh, Janeway has to get to the bottom of this. We should mention that Seven had, from the very beginning of this episode, though, showed a lot of... I would call them the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, she definitely was reluctant to work with him, reluctant to have him near her, like, you know, very frigid to him right away and uncomfortable. So she's going to get evaluated. She's going to get, uh, Doc's going to check her out because mm-hmm. you know what? She's not acting. I, mm-hmm. and, uh, she, they just want to make sure it's not like a malfunction with mm-hmm. her neurosensors or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the doc starts to try to use the medical tricorder on her and tries to start 
like even uses the shell, just tries to get all this different mm-hmm. stuff to figure out what's wrong with her. And I believe she gets triggered. That Jen. is the correct word. Oh, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're using all the punch words in this episode. We're trying to stay. We're trying to bring it into our century here, and keeping it relevant. We're, we're keeping. We're almost to Voyager, you guys, but we're not there yet. No, we're not. We're not yet. The year star date. Blah blah blah. Okay. No. But yeah. So she she's like, uh, back off. Now, what I think is really great about Jerry Ryan's acting choices is that she doesn't know what she's feeling, but she knows it's not the norm. Right. So, you know, like instinctively, we all know what fear is. We all know what all these different things are. Right. But she's as polite as possible being mm-hmm. like, this is fucking freaking me out. Yeah. Like, hey man, I'm wigging. Yeah. But she's just like, um, I need to be, you know, removed. Please remove this. Uh, yeah. Let me out. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, and she feels concerned. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. what ends up happening is, and and again, directing choices, very awesome. It's like, we notice that she's not crazy because all of a sudden we're, we're cutting to these flashbacks that we can yeah. only associate because they're mirror images of what the actions are that the doc is doing. Right. Of, of her being um, restrained in some way. Yeah, experimented on. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, restrained yes. Um, in a setting that's different from the, you know, the clinical safeness of, of the sick bay. Yeah. So anyways, the doc goes, mm, something's up. And he goes to uh, Janeway to report back his findings because he was supposed to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, homegirl, uh, there's a part of her brain mm-hmm. that's a little more uh, jingly banged than the rest of her. And it usually doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's where the memory centers are. Mm-hmm. They're getting fired up. Mm-hmm. And Doc, right, who's expanding his medical parameters, right. decides that, hey, man, BT dubs just uh you know neoed from the matrix and yeah. i know uh psychotherapy now he's added that as a subroutine yeah like uh yeah he, i think he um it was specifically like jungian jungian whatever however you want to pronounce it like yeah hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy blah yeah. blah blah so long story short he's like i think i can access whatever was turned on in this area that's kind of muddy yeah i think i can access what it is yeah and have her regress to whatever it is that she's suppressing. Yeah. And you know, Janeway giving seven the benefit of the doubt, which is what she has this entire time since Mm -hmm. Scorpion, right? Since that episode where she took her back from the collective. Mm -hmm. Um, she, she wants to get to the bottom of what all this is. Right. You know, because that is true. Part of, part of what it is to be human are your memories. Mm -hmm. So let's find them. Let's get a shovel. Let's dig them out. Dig them out. Uh, like, like a coffin filled with memories. Oh, and this coffin is a clusterfuck, oh, my friends. Cluster. All right, so Doc got the green light, so he's he's going balls to the wall, my friend. Mm-hmm. He is just gives like, her the works. He gives her the works, animal he, style. He's nope, not at all. <laughs> we are we are not in an out. We are not in a drive through, and we're not at pizzas. <laughs> this is not a pizza. This is a regeneration chamber. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> so puts her in her little her little regeneration station. And hooks her up and goes, look, dude, I'm going to help you go through your memories. Mm -hmm. So focus on the sound of my voice. I'm not going to lie. If Picardo was my psychotherapist, I'd probably tell him a lot. (laughs) And she tells him a tale. She tells him a tale. She spins him a yarn. Um, What she's able to recover in her memories as he takes her on this little journey is that we see what she experienced, which was that Coven had... Um, they had been on an away mission um, where he was demonstrating for Tom and, uh, and, uh, and who else was there? Tom and Seven. See, this is what happens when Tom is there. I know! <laughs> it's 
It's so bad because the minute I see him on screen, I'm like, at what point does Jen zone out and not remember what's happening? Tom, Tom was there and then like other people who don't And then Tom and... What is this show? What is... Who are we? He's demonstrating for uh, for the crew yeah, members. Yeah, so away mission, it's seven, it's Tom, there's guns, and he's trying to show that his blasters are the best in the quadrant, you yep. know? And so Coben's sitting there, and he's like, look at this gun. And, you know, Tom's a bro, and he's mm-hmm. like, bro, look at this sweet pistol. Mm-hmm. And, of course, seven... Being the scientific mind is like the accuracy. It's janky. It's a janky. It's a janky gun. Yeah. She's like, it's great firepower, maybe, mm-hmm. but true story, accuracy, shitty as fuck. Mm-hmm. And Coven, douchebag, douche nose. We're just gonna call him a. <laughs> no, only no. I'll save this. I'll save this for later when it's more relevant. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um. So uh, that cliffhanger. So Coven, um, that douche nozzle goes. Well, come back with me to my little. Workshop, and we should mention that Coven. These are all weapons and technology that he's kind of modified on his own. Yeah, on his own. So he, so he has this ownership of all of this stuff, and 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 that's why he's so hands on with all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims he, he, there's no minions. It's he's literally a one man show. Mm-hmm. So, however, in this flashback, in this regressed memory that Seven has, she recalls going with Coven to see him modify the weapon to mm-hmm. make sure that it fits her specifications mm-hmm. um, being part Borg, right. right? All of a sudden, what she's told, what she recalls is as he's fixing this gun, mm-hmm. he turns it on Seven mm-hmm. and blasts her, which knocks her unconscious. Mm-hmm. And when she comes to, she is in a clam, she is in restraints and we get, yeah. we, we suddenly see the full picture of the the flashbacks that we had seen earlier when the doc was trying to examine her right she's restrained there's all these other crew members and they're basically um and it's it again it becomes so figurative to assault in the sense that they remove part of who she is so Mm -hmm. they remove the um the framing around her eyepiece yeah um and then they inject her with some sort of serum and the serum basically stimulates her Borg. Yeah, uh, the nanoprobes start regenerating. or, or yeah. Gen- yeah. Well, her assimilation tubules. Right, oh, that's expose right. Expose themselves. Yeah. And they milk them, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. They milk her tubes. Get some, na- harvest and a few then, nanoprobes. And then, and this is the most interesting aspect of it to me, they milk her tubules for the nanoprobes, and then she recalls them injecting another a, a, a bystander of their species of the antharan yeah um injecting him with the nanoprobes thus assimilating him yeah she watches him basically she has the biggest monkey on her back slash chip on her shoulder mm-hmm. the chip on her shoulder is the monkey on her back oh my god what <laughs> and, a crazy chip yeah it's, it's pretty <laughs> insane is that is her her guilt over having assimilated so many people with her time right with, during her time with the borg so now she is literally restrained and forced to watch it happen um because of her presence on that planet and there's nothing she can do um so it is obviously a very triggering event that is now um going to piss her off a little bit yeah so so she comes to and she recognizes all of this Mm -hmm. now she sees this guy and then she gets put under and when she comes to she has no memory and it looks like he just uh, her arm is getting regenerated by whatever um, tool Coven says is there. And Coven claims, oh, I'm sorry, it 
it shorted the yeah. the the rifle shorted it backfired on you on your arm when you were trying to test it yeah um i'm i'm healing your hand so again the nanoprobe hand i'm healing your hand yeah. and um you might have slight amnesia oopsie doodle yeah but the gun works fine yeah right and that's what matters and that's you guys you know that's all that matters. As long as the gun's okay. The gun's okay. You got no memories? It's okay. You don't remember the last five years? How's it's fine. The, how's the gun? Fine. How's the gun? And, and this is, so this is where it gets ham-handed because the doctor immediately goes, this is gospel. Yeah. This is the truth. Yeah. You have been violated. Yeah. She, he, he like is pretty much leading her to this conclusion. And you know, he's also projecting a little bit because at this stage in the series, he has feelings for her. Yes. So he doesn't necessarily like that this thing happened to her as she reports it. Um, and as she comes to her revelation, like the camera like pushes in on her oh, face. Oh, it's so great. And she goes, he violated me. Bum, bum, bum. Um, and like from this point going forward, the veiled metaphor is not very veiled. It's not very veiled. No. And then it just gets a little, here's the deal. So when Jen first presented this episode, I'm just going to nip it in the bud right now. And then right. we'll just unpack it as we go, because now we're getting into yeah, this is going to be our most controversial episode ever, I think. Oh, I think it's going to be smooth sailing after this. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, uh-huh. is it starts with a really interesting argument. Yes. And it's that sense of, you know what, we've always, you know, we, we harp on this. And I think a lot of the different crew members from Star Trek do it. Um, relevant topics at the time being shown through the lens of Star Trek. Yeah. In a palatable way. Yeah. Where you can argue both sides. Right. Um, however... When the argument is being made for you in a very, yeah. in, a, in, in a very specific viewpoint. Yeah. And this is where we, so at this point, we have kind of just skirted around the issue. Now we've addressed the issue and now someone feels violated and it's done in a way. I was like, you know what? This is really compelling. Like I actually really yeah. liked the argument up until this point. And then the doc gets opinionated. Yeah. And it, it, it bothers me just because... He is, you know, yes, I mean, he's, 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 he's a hologram and he's allowed to have emotions, but it, but as if, if you're going to program those subroutines into your body, yeah, you should also understand that you are supposed to be unbiased when yeah. you make these discoveries, the, ob- the objectivity, the, yes. And yeah. however, when he, he is so vehement and, and again, and this is so far ahead enough in the future that they should know, and this is this is telling of the timeliness of when the episode was created, to be honest, mm-hmm. that hypnosis is not a guarantee. Um, so what ends up happening is this, all of a sudden, this doctor without conscience and trying to be medical immediately goes into full rage mode. Yeah. And he goes straight to the briefing room, sits all the officers down, a.k.a. Janeway, Tuvok, maybe Chakotay was there, mm-hmm. I don't know, or he was lost somewhere in, in her eyes. And... <laughs> basically goes and the doc goes um homegirl was violated what are you gonna do about it what what throw down yeah let's let's wreck havoc yeah it's string them up now thankfully we have the voice of reason in tuvok right Mm -hmm. say what you want about vulcans they are the perfect plot point Mm -hmm. to be logical yeah and he goes you know what we need to investigate this and yeah. we need to do it the proper way. Yeah. We're not going to brat brat up in his grill. Yeah, we can't. We can't. Uh, oof. This is, I'm going to be so careful. We got to be so careful, right? Because basically what he says is, we, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Right? And this is like outside the, um, 
social media is not necessarily part of Voyager. What? There was no Twitter in <laughs> <Right>. Voyager? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, computer. Could you compose imagine? compose a tweet for me? Uh, oh God, could you imagine Janeway's Instagram? It'd be like coffee all the time. Not the point. The point is, Janeway goes, we're going to have to conduct a full investigation. Mm-hmm. Tuvok points out, uh, uh, you know, eh, maybe the memories are not viable, you know? Yeah. I mean, it might not be uh, 100%. Yep. And let's uphold Federation rules. Let's bring the bro in and let's do this diplomatic way. Yes. And the doc's not having it. Yeah, and, and to their credit, it's interesting because at this point, this guy's rubbed everyone the wrong way. He's a douche, yeah. So it's... um. So it's it's neato of them all to be like, you know, let's let's not take into account the unsavoriness of his character and really, really dig deep into whether or not he's capable of this particular horrible deed. You know, it takes yeah. a certain level of like level headedness to to approach it that way. Uh, so Janeway wants to uh, address this diplomatically. Yeah. And she says the best way to do it is alert the Antharan authorities that we're going to be conducting this investigation and we want to approach this guy and see what he has to say. Right. So they approach Coven and they go, hey, homie, real talk. Mm-hmm. So our Borg lady over here says that you might have been a little improper. Can we visit your lab yeah. to help discredit her claims? Yeah. We're, again, we're completely unbiased. Right. Unlike, uh, unlike some holograms we know. Right, right. We're completely unbiased. Yeah. Can we help you out? And already the writers have painted this guy in a negative light. Yeah. And they continue to do so. Yeah. Now, every step of, with the exception of the beginning of this episode, they painted him as a shitty guy. Yeah. Now they're painting it as a desperate guy. And again, this is where it gets a little heavy handed, right? Yeah. Because he's immediately like, you don't understand. Yeah. This is my reputation. Like, this is my job. This is my job. Like, legit. If, I don't know, and this is maybe me just, the way that I would approach anything with any kind of authorita figure is I wouldn't go raging. And that's exactly how he goes in. He's he's like, this is absurd. You're, you're, you know, uh, um, even the allegations alone will tarnish my reputation in this part of the quadrant. He he points out that the Antharans are um, like a a particular cultural aspect of, their politics is that um they care so much about trade mm-hmm. like that's yes. their their the prosperity of their civilization hinges on being able to maintain good trade negotiations um, and and those those relationships and just the accusation that he may have violated some kind of accord mm-hmm. makes it so that he becomes completely like the um, damage is done yeah the damage is done just the accusation alone takes him out of the running to continue doing his business now at the time that vo- this episode was written, mm-hmm. right, it was a different climate. What was interesting is when Jen and I were kind of doing our, our recap research, because mm-hmm. believe it or not, we actually try, you guys. Every now and then. Every now and then we care. This episode aired in 1998. Mm-hmm. And another high-profile situation of, he, of, of um, she said happened. Mm-hmm. And it was something along the lines of oh, the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal. Exactly. And so, you know, it was so interesting. And I think, you know, we're planting that seed now. Right. So when we circle back to it at the very end of this, it's really interesting yeah. that it starts drawing those parallels yeah. to recap. And unless you're Googling it right now, 
uh, there was an, an intern in the um, Bill Clinton administration when he was president, mm-hmm. and she said that she had done sexual things with the president. Louise. The, the, she, she, was, she was like, oh, this pen is down here. And so, and, and <laughs> this pen is down here. This pen is down here. The point is, um, this was airing around the same time that that scandal was going. Right. And, and the, the big debate was like, should we condemn Bill the Clinton mm-hmm. um, off the allegations of a woman? And it's like, well, if it's a true allegation, then, you know, whatever status he holds, even the highest office in the country, shouldn't make him immune to you know, this allegation or whatever. That was, that was what was central to the debate. And, and but at the same time, they were like, should a man's entire reputation and career be tarnished by an unsubstantiated, um, allegation, which later was determined. It was true. He, she did get a, she did give him a nice little blow. She, she found the pen, but the point being what detriment does that have to, to her? You know, these are all things that we're dealing with now, mm-hmm. but the context of the episode at the time, mm-hmm. this is what was happening when you jumped out of Roddenberry world. Right. So we're back in Roddenberry world. Right. We're back on Voyager. Yep. It's a beautiful view, AKA Captain Janeway. Yeah. Everybody's pens are in the drawers. Everybody's, <laughs> you guys, they don't got pens. Okay. They got padded dads. Okay. <laughs> so now we're on, now we're in Cor, Cor, uh, Coven's laboratory. Right. And we should point out yeah. that he's agreed to this search because Tuvok assures him that they're going to, it, they're innocent until proven guilty yeah. and they're going to be completely unbiased. And the way it sounds mm-hmm. to Coven is that he feels mm-hmm. like they will be fair. He's he's still a little on the fence, yeah. But he has Tuvok's promise mm-hmm. that they will absolve him and not alert the authorities to the full extent of what's going on until they've conducted the investigation right. that proves Seven or disproves Seven's right. claims. So they're in Coven's lab- laboratory. And again, this is where uh, plot points are a little bamboozled, right? Yeah. Um, granted, if you if you actually see the credits on this episode, I should um, point out there's like three people that did the teleplay, three yeah. people that did the story. There are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So this case in point, Jacqueline, uh, investigator Jacqueline, in her sweet jumpsuit would immediately go because when we saw the flashback, there were multiple people. Yeah. Where are these other Antharans? Yeah, there's nobody in the lab. There's no one in the lab. It's a lair, really. It's 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 really it's it's man a sad cave. it's a sad man's man cave. Yeah. There's no so the table that we saw yeah. in the flashback is not there. No, there's no the, examination the, table. The tools, the specific tools that were used are not there. There's no examination table, there's no other staff, there's no hapless victim in the corner being assimilated to see if the nanoprobes yeah. work. Yeah. However, there are elements of Seven's nanoprobe residue, or there are nano borg residue mm-hmm. on some of the surfaces yeah. of this lab and they they happen to be splattered in a pattern that would suggest that she had been uh fired upon in fired some upon. way yeah exactly yeah so something happened shit went down mm-hmm. now coven is sticking to the claim that uh seven summed up her flashback with right which yeah. was the um the machine misfired. Yeah, you got knocked out. You came to. I healed you. Right. But obviously, if you get the shit kicked out of you by a gun backfiring, yeah, you're gonna have a little bit of your uh, DNA, DNA 
everywhere. Splashed. A little spizzled everywhere. What is what is incriminating, however, is that when they do um, scan the nanoprobes or they collect the sample, they find that the nanoprobes are in a regenerative state that suggests that they had been stimulated. Exactly. So that's that's what's most damning about what they find is that um, at this point, it looks like Seven might have been correct. It's not just a matter of nanoprobe, nanoprobes splashed everywhere. It's the fact that it's the fact that they have been activated. So um, that's where the that's where the investigation concludes. And unfortunately, it's all done in the uh, in the presence of somebody from the council, the Antharan Council, yes. who believes he's now seen enough. Now he's as 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 Coven has warned, they're prone. They're they're prone already to condemn him just to avoid the diplomatic nightmare of having to, um, you know, to, to like salvage reputation just so he can do business. They, they'd rather show people that they're doing business with that they punish people relentlessly when it comes to any violation of their accords. Yeah, they would much rather uphold the face of trade yeah. than maintain the rights of their citizens right. individually. So the guy goes, yeah. I've seen enough, yeah. and the investigation for all intents and purposes is now closed not in the not in favor of Coven's testimony. Sadly, yeah. There's enough, and it's mm-hmm. and it's very... It's literally just active nanoprobes, but it is enough for them. There is enough for at least the magistrate to hold him yeah. on the claims. Yeah. And like you said, that's trade suicide for him. Yeah. Like that's not a good He's look. He's done. Now, now let's cut to initially, let's cut, while this is happening, let's cut back to the doctor and Seven. Right. Because Seven is still, still figuring out her emotional feels. Yeah. She's still computing the feels. Yeah, she's processing what it's like to have been, quote unquote, violated. You know, because, well, not quote unquote, zoom in. Yeah. Violated. Uh, yep. <laughs> zoom in, violated. Yeah. And, um, and, and she's, you know, she's like, it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's not good enough for the dog. Nope. No, he's, nope. Uh, he likes to poke the bear a little. Yep. She's like, it doesn't, I mean, it happened and there's no point in dwelling on it. That's her takeaway from it. Right? Like, it should, it's good enough that, they acknowledge that it happened to her for the moment. Enter doctor. Doc, now, again, when one uh, expands their subroutines to include psychotherapy, uh, clearly objectivity was not part of the programming. Yeah. And he immediately goes, you need to feel, you should, are, basically it's me going up to someone going, why aren't you angry? I'd yeah. be angry about this. Yeah. And... You know, he makes the argument, they violated your humanity, they violated these different aspects. Your really, individuality. Your individuality. She's, she, that's her, that's definitely like her Achilles heel, is like, she's been, ever since she's been separated, like liberated from like the collective, right? Um, she's struggled with the idea that, is it better to have individuality or is it better to be part of a collective? And the whole point of Voyager, um, the crew, the whole thing that the Voyager crew has been trying to push on her is that, your individuality is something that is um, sacred. It's yeah. what it's what makes it's the only thing you have, and the Borg took it from you, and that's why it's so good to be liberated from them. So now that's like the standard that she flies, um, and so it's also the thing that he uses to to convince her that she's been like seriously fucked with. Yeah, yeah. and you know it also it it also occurred to me because I was trying to justify it in my head why he was going so aggro on this and 
it kind of harkens me back to remember those episodes about him being a hologram mm-hmm. and just being mass produced and and yeah. being able to kind of speak up from his speak up for himself, stand up for himself. There's mm-hmm. a lot of episodes that address that individuality for himself. Yeah. And so I do I do think that there is there are elements of projection oh, yeah, happening. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's, he's had to fight for his individuality. Yes. So, yeah, so this is now their crusade mm-hmm. that he that he's projecting. Like on you him. said, there's a lot there's a lot of ingredients in this, right? Mm-hmm. First one it's being a conspiracy chili. <laughs> oh my god, it's a conspiracy chili. Just like <gasps> Oh my god! Stir it up. Put some want, shredded cheese on it. Mm-mm. I want that cooking show. <laughs> the outcome of him poking the bear is she basically goes, "I believe I'm starting to experience anger." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, he he puts her in a bad place on purpose. Yeah, because he wants her mm-hmm. to seek justice. Yeah, and stand up for herself. He even says, um, and this is where it gets a little insidious. He says, like. When Coven gets what he deserves, when he's punished for this, you will feel better, you know? Yeah, so she's, so here's the deal. We have enough Batmans. We don't need seven of Batman. And yet, <laughs> seven of Batman. this is what's trying to, this is what he's trying to ha- make happen, right? Yeah. Um, so she's feeling this. She's feeling, she's getting lit. She's fixated now on one thing and one thing only. Justice. <laughs> but you know what? There's, there's, uh, there's stuff going on, man, mm-hmm. because... She's wanting justice. You know who doesn't want justice? A coven. Yeah, no. He's... I'm going to say that right now. Because, so Janeway, when we were on, at the lab, you know, they were like, look, these nanoprobes, they're acting in a funny way that kind of corroborates Seven's story. Mm-hmm. We got we to gotta bring you in for questioning, yeah. basically, is, is the layman terms of what the Antharan Inth- magistrate wants to do. Yeah. And Coven's not having any of it. No, he knows. He's, he's fucked. So he, yeah. he basically... He's dead man walking. He's... And he's not walking, girl. Nah. He's... Nah, he's, girl. He's Usain bolting out of there, okay? He gets... He teleports to his ship and he gets the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, he like, doesn't even want to see, like, the end of the end result. He doesn't want to be exonerated. This, yeah. He just wants to get the fuck out. At this point... And here, again, it's just like... This is when it gets aggro. There's no logic. At this no. point, everybody's blindly moving. We got an impassioned seven demanding justice, and we got Coven mm-hmm. going banana pants because yeah. he doesn't even like this is why it doesn't compute. First off, no one looked for the um the the homies that were in the lab, Who right? Are, like, you know, allegedly assimilated. Allegedly That'd assimilated. That'd be a big deal if there's now just a Borg walking around. <laughs> <laughs> that should that should matter, guys. But, you know, and, and, and that's why it's like, if you know you're not guilty, yeah. why would you fucking yeah. boom, he, boom, boom, blast out of there? And yet... He's not helping his kids. He's not <laughs> friends. No, no. Not a good look. No. So he's, he's going. He's mm-hmm. going. And Janeway's like, we got to chase him. Yeah. Because Janeway's straight up gangster. Yeah. And Janeway was fucking Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious before Vin Diesel was Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious. We're family. Let's go get this guy. Oh my God, Janeway and Fast and Furious would be the best. <laughs> Look, they're chasing and, and it's like a long ass chase. Oh yeah. Like they've got to like, they're like beyond one impulse or whatever. Like, like this is a guy who's made an entire career off of souping things up. Yeah. So he's obviously- Pimping rides as it were. He's hit the Nas on his, on his little spacecraft here. And it's just like, they're like, look, we don't, she's trying to be as diplomatic as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
But Coben's not having any of it. Mm-hmm. So much so that he's going to turn his weapons on Voyager. Yeah. Um, and pew, pew. he starts, that's exactly, that's, that's the sound they made. Exactly. I, pew, pew, pew. Oh my God. So where, who's playing the episode? <laughs> Someone stop. Janeway's like, can we beam him out? Cause it, you know, let's, let's beam him out. Let's try to disable him in some way. Let's get him in a live form. Yeah. Back on the ship so we can calm this fucker down. But yep. he's disabled comms. He doesn't want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly enough, mm-hmm. just as the gun had a bit of an explosive because we should also make mention that all this technology that he's kind of bootlegged together and, mm-hmm. and Jerry rigged together. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, it's not safe. No. <laughs> like, like his, his schematics and stuff like that. Yeah. It's tested, but mm-hmm. it's not a hundred percent FDA approved. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So he's about ready to fire the cannon that he gave the schematics for to Voyager. Mm-hmm. He's about ready to fire it on Voyager. Yeah. And Voyager's like, well, this will not be great. No likey. But uh, guess what? It backfires literally in his face and he ends up getting killed in his own ship because of his own gun. Yeah. Here's the thing. What? Uh, what they were trying to tell him <laughs> <laughs> before he blows himself up is that they finished doing uh, tests on the nanoprobes that were picked up from the site. And they discover that the fact that they were activated actually could have been a result of the gun exploding, as he had originally said. What? They were able to replicate the results of by, by simulating a explosion of the type that he had talked about, and they found that Seven's nanoprobes did activate in the way that was commensurate with what they found in the lab. So he had been exonerated, and he didn't know that's what they were trying to tell him. They were trying to be like, bro, bro, at, give us a sec. At that give point, they were chasing him down to say, like, hey, dude, like, it's, you know, like, uh, the the investigation could continue in your favor now that we have this new evidence, but yep. he wasn't hearing it. He wasn't hearing it. You so can't, you yeah. can't hear it when you're exploded. You, can, uh, you know what? I think that that gets in the way. But the point is, you're absolutely right. Is in true Starfleet fashion and in true, you know, Tuvok leading the way, yeah. um, they were conducting a valid experiment, yeah. and they, yeah, so they replicated it in the holodeck, and they showed that you know what is the nanoprobes do a little jig. Yeah. When both of these instances can yeah. happen. And then suddenly when they look at all the other stuff that doesn't necessarily gel with Seven's account, then the picture gets completely skewed in his favor. Um, Seven now is blind with rage, however. Oh, she doesn't justice! Care. She doesn't care what the truth is. Justice. She just wants him to die. Yeah. Um, and, and he does. And he does. And, uh, and basically what happens here, in a nutshell, is that an innocent man, um, because of people zealously... This is where it gets hairy, right? Because Girl, people, it's gotten hairy because yeah. everybody was like like a hundred. Like there was no middle ground. Here's yeah. the thing, like So we have um Seven who's now it doesn't matter who gets punished for her her for her feelings, but somebody needs to get punished. Um and this is the joke that I was trying to make before, but but now it's inappropriate to make because of the conclusion, but I was gonna start calling him Brett Brett Kovanaugh. <laughs> but but at this point we can't draw those parallels at this point in the story right no, because he um because he's dead and also because uh basically how this concluded was that he was innocent which i i don't know we can ever really say about brett kavanaugh in our world but he was innocent and it was because of her 
her sense of victimization that she she and the people who felt for her so zealously went after him. Now, the doctor definitely recognizes now, now there's an innocent man that's dead. He's like, maybe I was a little extra. Yeah, he, he's realizing that he maybe let, there's not, the conclusion is there is an innocent man that's dead. Yep. There's a woman who was a victim of something bad, which was the Borg, you know, what the, the Borg, Borg did in her. general. But yes. now there's a woman now who is completely obsessed for the moment with Vengeance. her, with her status as a victim. Yes. And, um, and as such doesn't care who gets punished as long as somebody gets punished so that she feels better. I demand justice. So the doctor has kind of violated like what, you know, the, the classic thing about what doctors are supposed to do, which is to not cause more harm do than no good. Do harm. He first goes to seven and seven's like, I demand justice. Yeah. And he goes, bro, we were wrong. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I feel bad about it. And he goes, yeah, that's called remorse and you're a human, so good luck with that. But I'm- <laughs> Good luck, a- bye. Good luck, bye. But I am a hologram. And yeah. so he kind of goes to Janeway and goes, hey, here's a pad to just let you know yeah. in long form that I want to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no. Yeah. Because to air is what builds you as a character. As a, yeah. to, is what, to air is what makes you human. Right, right. And you know what? Wear your big boy pants, own up to your mistakes. This is what, this is the path you went down. You done fucked up, but you're going to own it much like I'm going to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it is ultimately blood is on her hand now too. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the great thing about Voyager is they're headed home. The Voyager is that they're headed home. So they just leave it far behind. (laughs) You guys, you guys, let's just be like, what are those log entries? Delete, delete, delete. Let's just be like, oops. Anyway, set a course. So, you know, and, home. And, but we, we move, but we, we close in that we close in the captain's quarters mm-hmm. and she basically goes, dude, you know what? Mm-hmm. We're going to live with this, but this is what, this is hope you learn from this to mm-hmm. hopefully not do it ever, ever again. Right. Um, and that was, uh, and then we cut to credits. This is, this is where it gets really touchy, right? Because at the time this was maybe a message that was important for what was happening then. But but we're talking about the 90s. 90s. 98. 98. Um, that was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. But uh, it wasn't quite as enlightened as we are now about, like, what victimhood looks like, how much it's suppressed, you know, how, like, the message now when it comes to this particular thing is, you know, hashtag I believe her or whatever it is, right? Um so now, nowadays, we kind of find that in cases of accusations, um, we got to treat victims with a certain sensitive sensitivity, which because this episode aired and was written and was produced in a time when that wasn't the, the mantra, mm-hmm. um, it pushes the opposite, <laughs> it pushes the opposite message. Well, you know what? I would argue that it doesn't push a message. And that's where I think, I think that's where it fal- falters. But I think yeah. it's because it's 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 trying to pussyfoot around the fact that it could lead towards whatever you know you're suggesting. Yeah, you, you know because and and that's why I say the first part of this episode is well thought out, and yeah. it's just I thought it was just a class act in terms of how they were executing. Like I loved, I really did love the metaphor about how they violated her because it 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 showed that violation is violation regardless of it being sexual or not. Right, you know right. what I mean? Right. The fact that they took a part of her that was personal, that yeah. is private, that she's trying to hide. They yeah. unearth it, fig, you know, and they and they use so much of this visual metaphor for it. 
it, it to me I was like that's clever as fuck man. It's really clever. To like you know calling a spade a spade. It's like a, a very PG but very obvious way to address the issue of rape. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But and I and this is where you and I are like on the same page. Then they start cleaning up and they clean yeah. up way too fast. Yeah. It wasn't handled as delicately. No. I guess the ham-handedness of the situation is that the, the episode really had, at the core of it, two messages. One is that um, One. victimhood can be very addictive. Yeah, um, that's true. But, that's true. but it's real. The person who is the victim is left with like a really difficult... Uh, they have a point. They have a point, and it's really, their lives are now difficult, and they need to be treated with sensitivity. Two, the second point they have to make is we have to be careful about our accusations because they could ruin a man's life. However... This is where the ham-handedness comes in. The fact that, in this case, the victim continues to live on and the accused is exploded into smithereens. He's super dead. The point point that ends up coming out stronger is that we shouldn't, you know, that we should handle accusations with, uh, you know, care because those people's lives can be literally ruined. Now, so it's like, that's where the ham, I mean, that's where I would argue the ham-handedness comes into case. No, that's fair. That's fair. That that ends up being the overarching message, and the everything else gets eclipsed, um, and that's why this episode could never be made today. Oh, right? for because sure. Th- this day and age, it, you know, we we are more and more cognizant of the fact that people are sexually harassed and pe- and they are voiceless in many 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 cases, right? And regardless of like whether or not. Every case is valid. Like we're currently in our climate today, erring on the side of believing the victim. Uh, if it aired today, it would be like a flagship or tentpole like example of victim blaming. Yeah, <laughs> right. At the end of the day, it's like, see, like the the thing is, this episode wags the finger and says, like, you know, see if you're a victim that blames a man before you have all the facts or before you have all your facts straight, like. Somebody could die. It's just like, it's not conducive to our current, the current well, discourse. Yeah. And I mean, and I would argue, you know, you look at, you know, let's, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're paying attention and we can edit this out, but if you're paying attention to Star Trek Discovery, they did ge- deal with um, rape and they did deal oh, yeah. with, directly with, with rape, directly with rape. Yeah. And, and you, you also see the, the, the extremity of the damage on his psyche because he has oh, yeah, Stockholm, he freezes up. Yeah. He has Stockholm syndrome. He has mm-hmm. like all kinds of um, lasting, PTSD, lasting trauma. And yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that, to be honest, right? Because Star Trek as a series always tries to push the envelope and, yep. and make us think about uncomfortable topics, right? Yes. And back then, this was the uncomfortable topic that yes. nobody wanted to deal with. Um, and we as, you know, a species have evolved are even our, the subjects that we discuss. And now this is where the subject of rape has evolved to in Star Trek, which is like, let's take a look at what happens when a man is a rape victim. Um, let's take a look at what happens when it's completely clear that it did happen, that it did happen. So the, so I guess what I'm saying is like the redemptive thing here is that Star Trek evolves too. Star like, Trek evolves too. It's always pushing the envelope. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it continues to push the envelope a little bit. Maybe people in the future, you know, when they're doing Star Trek, I don't know, give me some other name for something. Star Trek Banana Pants. Star Trek Banana Pants. I love that series. Yep. It's so good. You guys can't wait for it. With a Captain Peanut Butter Jelly Time. Oh my God, um, stop. <laughs> it'd be a delicious exploration into 
the yum yum quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, maybe then like the subject of rape will be treated completely differently than disco. You know, Star Trek disco um, treated it in the way Voyager in this particular episode treated it. It's not that they're trying to stay relevant; is they're trying to be like, let's go through this 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 lens. Let's and progress. Let's, let's advance the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. But most importantly, how cute was Tom in this episode? And right now, my favorite part of this episode recap was when you saw Tom and you just completely forgot what this was. Yeah, who else is there? It doesn't matter. But Jen, what did you think of this wine? Oh, it's so good, girl. Um, This yeah. wine is amazing. It's you so guys. good. Chop it's shop. Great with a prime cut and or a targ. Mm, targ. And or discussions on timely issues. Mm-hmm. Most honorable. Most honorable. So good. Oh my gosh. So, um, if I get my ducks in a row, mm-hmm. I do believe we may have a special guest on our next episode. <gasps> my sweetheart of a friend, Scott Tipton, who is penning the Q conflict in the IDW series Ooh, of yeah, Star girl, Trek. Yes. So, if you guys haven't heard about this, basically Q throws every single series of Star Trek in a giant battle. And so it's Voyager versus uh, Next Gen versus Deep Space Nine, I think Enterprise, and they're all fighting each other. I don't know why they're doing it. Maybe for shits. But he is the guy writing the entire series. Oh, Jesus. You know what? Just for fun, who would win, do you think? But I I can't, if it's just based on captainage alone, unfortunately, I actually would place my bets on Cisco. By the end of Deep Space Nine, he's completely unhinged and he does what is necessary because, you know, he's lost Deep Space Nine. He's lost DS9, he's lost it, and now he's in, you know, the war. And fuck. Um, and you see things. And the thing is, like, I like full disclosure, I didn't watch the end of Deep Space Nine. I didn't watch all of it. I couldn't get through the first horrible season. <laughs> I, I tried so, so hard, but I got the Cliff Notes version from like friends of mine who are really, really into Deep Space Nine, and they were trying to convince me to watch it all. All the way of to our the friends end. are into it, dude. Yeah, and as they described like where Cisco goes and how dark he gets, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah, he gets <laughs> he gets a little sh- unhinged for sure. Um, so that's where I would place my bets. As much as I love Janeway, and as much as I love Picard, um, Cisco would just wreck them all, just because he he's like. He's, he just gives no fucks. Because it is Q conflict, he wants a Q episode. Okay. And I feel in true Q succession, since we did the Q and the gray, we might want to look into, I don't know. You know what? I was, I was thinking Q too because it's fun. Mm-hmm. But I think Death Wish would be really interesting. Ooh. Because it would be really nice to get a writer. You know, you're a writer. If, yeah. In case you didn't know, one of the many hats that our beautiful Jennifer Zhang wears is Aww. she's a writer, and she's a really good one. Aww. I've read her scripts, and I can say that. <laughs> um, Scott's a writer, clearly. Um, it would be really nice to get your take on how they approach another deeply heavy-handed um, issue, which is suicide. I love it. And so uh, we're going to do Death Wish, and we're going to get Scott on here. Um, and you guys keep sending those emails because in the pipeline, I can guarantee you we're going to do a lot of the different people are asking us to do episodes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm about it because I love you guys. Awesome. You guys have any thoughts? You can hit us up on our Facebook group, uh, Seven of Wine podcast. You can hit us up on our page, Seven of Wine. We're on Instagram 
not that much on Twitter, but we have all of the handles. Guess what they are, you guys? Seven of wine. Oh my God. I love life. I'm I'm Jennifer Zhang. Are you? Yeah. Holy shit. I thought I was Jennifer Zhang, but I guess not. So I must be Jacqueline Lopez. Oh my God. You have to be. And you guys have been listening to Seven of Wine. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.